My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Before we get to a big shack house today, I want to tell you a little bit about Callaway Customs because it's bigger and better than ever. You know, one of the perks of being a tour pro is the unlimited access to custom equipment. Well, guess what? That cool custom paint fill and stamping job that you're seeing players uh, throwing out on social media, it's no longer just for the world's elite. Callaway Customs is the most complete customs program in golf. For example, you can personalize seven different areas on the new Callaway wedges. It looks really cool. So just uh, head over to the Callaway Customs options uh, on the website. Notice that it includes the new products uh, like the number one selling Epic Driver with jailbreak technology. And that's at callawaygolf.com slash customs. And just use that intuitive tool, design it however you want for your driver your golf balls or your wedges today it is awesome stuff callaway customs house yeah how about our good friends at SeatGeek? also as everybody who listens to the shack house knows SeatGeek is a good friend of the shack house buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing but there is a better and simpler way and that is with SeatGeek. You know SeatGeek works. We can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, we can instantly find seats. I just used it because it's baseball season here in the DMV, and I am going to see my Washington Nationals, the first place Washington yeah. Nationals, off to a hot start, seven straight wins. I'm sure they're going to lose tonight because I put, just put the whammy on them. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than Ever saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Every purchase fully guaranteed. SeatGeek grades tickets based on value so you can immediately find the best seats for your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. Also, plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets as well. 
Best of all, Shaq House listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. And let's go to the Shack House. House, you're sounding good. How you doing there in the D.C. area? Big April 20, whatever this is, 4th, we're recording this on. It's Zurich Classic Week. Used to be a dead week on the PGA Tour. Now it's a week that all the players are waiting for. Shaq, I'm fully recovered after the Masters week. I think we did 43 podcasts that week. We got them all in. We had a nice recovery. The two weeks since our last show, two new winners on PGA on the PGA Tour. Not only Callaway's own Wesley Bryan, who really felt like he was due. We really did think that he was he had something big planned for 2017. But another terrific first-time winner, Kevin Chappell, yesterday at the super uh, difficult, surprisingly d- difficult Valero Open down in San Antonio. Yeah, that's always uh, seems to be producing great finishes there, which is, um, yeah, it's been nice. We've had two weeks of uh, good, solid golf, but I think this week is going to be a lot of fun uh, where we kind of head to uh, a new territory. House, it's been 36 years. 1981 was the last time we had a team event, and uh, that's just way too long. Uh, excuse me, an all-men's team event. We did have a, a little bit after that, the J.C. Penny with the men and the women in the silly season, but um, and, of course, the Shark Shootout. But this is, this is for real FedEx Cup points. This is for uh, serious stuff here. I mean, hey, Cameron Tringali and Patrick Rogers can both get their first PGA Tour win this week. There's all sorts of wacky stuff like that that could happen at the Zurich. And, uh, you know, I'm just thrilled because this is a time of year when it can get a little boring. And this sponsor has uh, taken a big chance. And they've uh, upped the purse a little bit, and they got the, uh, the the PGA Tour on their side, and the players are definitely on their side. Uh, I mean, the uh, field is just uh, wow. It's really uh, for for a for a Zurich. They've got uh, they've done very nicely for themselves. Well, I, I love uh, obviously anything that is different from the regular stroke pay play events. So I, I'm a big big fan of the match play down in Austin that we just had a few weeks ago in the the run up to. The Masters, this thing all by itself is is a really interesting animal. It's hard to get your arms around who to who to like this week. I mean, we know who um, is in good form, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see the broadcast, how it is that guys picked their partners, because there's some really uh, interesting partners, uh, partnerships, some really interesting pairs here. Yeah. Well, so so let's wait. Let's let's just set it up first for people who who don't know, uh, because there are a few things in the world that might be distracting them. Uh, I think today's today's National Golf Day or whatever whatever it is. It's when all the golf people go to Capitol Hill and and uh, remind congressmen that golf is a seventy six billion dollar industry because you know they don't have a lot going on right now this week in Congress. So I'm sure they're just loving that message. But anyway, so the Zurich Classic House, we have uh, six of the top ten in the world. 
uh, 13 of the top 25. As I said, first uh, two-person uh, team event with official money in 36 years. And so it's a very simple format. They're going to play alternate shot Thursday and Saturday rounds. Friday and Sunday, they're going to play best ball. There's a normal cut to, I think it's 35 teams after uh, Friday. And uh, like you said, we've got these really there's some bizarro pairings that came from uh, essentially the eligible list of of uh, 80 or so players got to then pick their partner and you have some some uh, obvious ones you know a Stricker and a Jerry Kelly the Wisconsin guys things like that uh, but then you have just some some wacky things uh, you just look at on paper and you go whoa so uh, I think you're right it'll be really important for television to tell those stories of how these guys got together. I mean, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a sponsor. That's a Zurich pairing. <laughs> um, uh, they wanted to make a splash, I think. And, and those two are both on team Zurich or whatever. One of those insurance things. And, uh, and then that's fine. Don't you think? I mean, some people don't like that. There's so much star power in one pairing, but I, I think that's kind of fun. It brings a, a different kind of pressure on them. Yeah, there's a few of these pairings that have pretty decent star power. I mean, Rose and Stenson is not, yeah. is not exactly chump change. Stenson hasn't really been in form, but you know, Rose uh, was on the brink of winning the Masters, playing the playoff for the Masters. So I would say that he's in form. I really like yeah. this uh, Brandon Grace, um, Louis Ustihusi. Oh, that was my pick in my fantasy league. That's who I who I took. So that's the, the, those are guys that are are in form. They're ball strikers. If Brendan Grace could putt, um, he might have been uh, Brandon Grace. I I I, I, uh, I know that. Oh, I'm, don't worry. It's not the first. It's not the first time. <coughs> Television people have been calling him the wrong name for years. It's okay. He he could have he could have won this <laughs> this week down in Texas um, yeah. if he could putt. And he's and he's by the way a guy to really watch here. If he's starting to warm up, you know he's a he's a U.S. Open player, and, and we have no idea who's going to play well at Aaron Hills. But he is somebody to really start watching in these uh, weeks leading up to to the U.S. Open because it, he he's he's ready to win a major, and he's put himself in position a few times, including at Chambers Bay, which uh, uh, you know was a pretty wild and difficult uh, setup. So anyway, keep right, an eye super on. bomber. To some of Bubba and JB Holmes, yeah. And then you wonder about one. Bubba being jet lag coming back from China. Um, yeah. And then uh, the Texas boys, Spieth and Palmer, and Ryan Palmer, yep. uh, another guy who who was right there in the thick of things when he went to bed Saturday night uh, down at the Valero, and just had it kind of had a flat Sunday round, but you know he looks to be in form, so pretty good. A lot of star power. Yeah. I'd like to hear the backstory on that pairing too. I don't know how that came about. You know, Spieth was a late add to this, and I think Ryan Palmer kind of uh, pushed him to do this. So I hope to uh, hear the reason why. Maybe Spieth just kind of uh, got into the momentum of all this and everybody uh, being excited about it and and wanted to play with him. So uh, either way, I just think it's awesome that he's he's going to be there and he really lends a, another element. And he's somebody who has shown he he likes these kinds of, of team formats but you know the thing house that i think people don't realize is is alternate shot is a is a great match play format it is a really really tough stroke play format you have to have a very good relationship with your partner because if one player is a little bit off it is very very stressful in alternate shot or if one guy is hitting great iron shots and the other one is blowing all the birdie putts um you know there's there just a lot of elements that are that could can, can 
go wrong and lead to some some awkward moments out there and and uh, that's why i think down the road i would like to see the format possibly only have one day of the alternate shot and uh and maybe maybe go to uh two days of best ball and and maybe the last day add them up uh both rounds counting you know my 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 friend mike clayton was down at the world cup where they used this exact same format last fall and he said the last day didn't quite have the tension you know like you have in a you you see a lot of club invitationals will do add them up the last round and you you want to have that sort of uh, pressure Uh, on the other hand you can make the case that best ball allows uh, the guys to really attack the course and make a ton of birdies and and that could be exciting too so we'll see it'll just be fun to watch it play out and i don't think anybody really cares if the format isn't 100 percent perfect because i think we're just excited that that they're um this is the first step and i what i believe will be uh, a, a multi-pronged attack at uh bringing in new formats on the uh, on the tour i totally agree i loved your point about the potential tension between partners too so at this course, the TPC um, down there in New Orleans, the there are uh, three of the four par threes are on odd holes. So there'll be one guy with primary responsibility for the par threes. All the par threes down there are hard. They're all over 200 yards, and all of them last year were played over par on average. So Look at you well, digging into the numbers. I just want to see the strategy, right? Like what, yeah. as between the the the, the partners, what what guys, uh, you know, what guys going to have the odd holes that will tell us something about who they think is sort of you know ball striking wise in form. Um, and I think it's it's just it's yep. just interesting because again, we don't have anything to measure this against. We're just watching and and, yep. and enjoying it. So that's the only like strategy element of this that kind of leapt off the page at me it was like who's going to hit these par threes what uh what other pairings stood out to you so if i was going to bet and i'm not because if there's no i don't mean betting no wise. i understand i just mean but drama wise I, I, well i, I <laughs> well, okay maybe betting <laughs> i'm really impressed by the hideki matsuyama uh hideto yeah. tanahara combo um yep. tanahara yep. played well um down in austin and hideki's like a top five player in the world so that's a pretty good pairing and I think the odds for those guys are, are somewhere in, in the 20s, like 25 to 1 or something. I think this yeah. um, Daniel Berger-Thomas Peters combo could be really um, interesting. Both of those guys. That could be great or that could, that could, that could unravel quickly. Because well, <laughs> they're both kind of fiery guys on the course. And they may, that may serve them well. They may totally feed off each other. Or, um, they, and, and I don't know their backstory. I don't know how well they know each other. They're the same age, just about. And so they may have played some college golf. I really, again, this is one of those where I hope in the broadcast and in the in the lead up, we kind of find out because um, I'd like to know if they have a little bit of a bond. Because if they don't, <laughs> the way they play on the golf course, they could they could quickly rub each other wrong, uh, or they could just really take off as a partnership. I I well it's just exciting to see. I love the Kepka brothers playing together. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I wasn't excited about that initially that they gave used one of their sponsors invites on Chase. And now I regret having that view because I think that's one of the more intriguing couplings there and that it's a you know, his brothers on the challenge tour and if they play well, this could be a you know, big deal for him, big huge check and all that. I, now now I kind of like that. That's yeah, story. well, and 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 Brooks um, played his ass off yesterday. Yeah, so he, yeah, he's, he's, he's his game is back. Yeah, he's yeah. coming in hot. Uh, 
The one I say for last is the funniest pairing to me. <laughs> and I really wonder, I would love Ooh. to know the backstory of how these two got paired. Bryson yeah. DeChambeau and Rory Sabatini. I mean, <laughs> I hope they show up in all black. I hope they just own Ooh. own the villain thing and play it to the hilt, right? Just show up in all black. Uh, well, first we'll have Bryson will be in his Hogan cap, and then Rory will be in his Greg Norman Aussie Outback hat. Um and then there's just there's the generational difference. There's just a question that I I would love to be there for for any kind of little scrum around Bryson. So, Bryson, uh, could you take us through how you landed on Rory? Where were you? Was I mean we know uh, Tony Lema wasn't available. I mean, where, where, how far down the list did you go? What? Uh, it, it's just. Um, it's an odd, odd pairing. It's an odd pairing. I mean, I don't. It's tough to talk about this without seeming disrespectful to Rory. But, but really, what the hell is going on there? How did that happen? They don't play. Yeah. They're, they're not the same club manufacturer, right? So it's not like an industry pairing, is it? No, I don't think so. And no, there's not so. a clothing, a clothing thing. They're not both e- no, Ian Poulter no. clothing, Bryson's right? Definitely. Bryson's <coughs> going to win that one seven and six every time in the, in the fashion department. He's, he's on top of things. Uh, well, anyway, it's going to be a great week. Uh, one other thing I wanted to shout out on, on the, uh, the whole new Orleans sing house, you know, this is an event. Uh, they've been playing, PGA Tour big time pro golf since 1938 in New Orleans, which I don't know if a lot of people realize. That first one was played at City Park, which just reopened last Friday as uh, renamed Bayou Oaks. It was taken out by Katrina, and they spent $24 million. Uh, Reese Jones redid the course. Uh, the tour is very involved. I'm hearing rumblings that Zurich is very excited, and, and I, I don't think we'll be surprised if this tournament is played there at least once. Uh, you know, next year's the 80th anniversary, so I'm just saying, House. But uh, a little shout-out to uh, uh, listener uh, Ryan, whose dad was very involved in this project, and we uh, we congratulate them. Anytime anybody can get a, a, a Muni rebuilt, uh, replenished, especially after Katrina, I think that's just a, a cool story. It looks great from the air. You know you know my feelings on Reese Jones' bunkers, so I won't go into – I won't bore anybody with that. But it, it looks like they did a beautiful job, and – and uh, hopefully a couple of the players get over there this week and see that. I have a feeling, though, they're going to be going right to uh, Bourbon Street <laughs> at night. I don't blame uh, them. Because I think Zurich does some pretty cool stuff for them on the uh, on the food side, you know. Yeah, well, um, Patrick Reed was, was on last year and told us it's his yeah. favorite event because of the food. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, well, anyway. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's exciting. I think it's just... Uh, I think the main thing, though, to, to realize is that people are really taking note of what, what Zurich did. The tour came up with this idea. Our guest later on in the show was a big part of that, Jay Monahan. Hopefully he'll discuss that a little bit more. But what they've done is uh, take a chance, and it's already paid off. Even if if uh, DeChambeau and Sabatini win by nine and it's, uh, it's, it's just a snooze fest on Sunday, the fact that they've gotten – uh, these players there and this kind of buzz has already transformed this event. They've gotten their money's worth just in all the mentions of the, the Zero Classic and, and the players' newfound respect for the event and uh, uh, and getting some players who haven't been to New Orleans uh, there, which is really cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Cool. All right, well, uh, how about a little word from some more sponsors, House? <laughs> no, no, no time like the present, Shaq. 
Hey, uh, did you know the Epic by Callaway House is the number one selling driver of 2017? That's a big deal, by the way. Oh, it happens to be and in my episode. bag. Happens to be in my oh, bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how you been hitting it? Uh, there was one or two in the water, but other than that... Well, long, that's not bad at long all. Long and straight. Well, anyway, the uh, it's a transformative driver, as you know. And uh, However, when club reviewers, industry pundits, tour pros, and golfers like you and me can't stop talking about it, you know, it starts to take on a little life of its own. It's got a little mystique house. Uh, Golf Magazine said Callaway has added an extra gear to the Epic driver. Uh, a hot list tester said the power was colossal. Colossal. And PJ, yeah, colossal. And PJ Tour winner Mark Leishman says it's really been a game changer. I've been driving it better than I ever have. And a, another guy we're going to keep a close eye on going into the uh, to the U.S. Open. Uh, so it's the number one selling driver in 2017, thanks to that jailbreak technology and the ball speed it generates. If you haven't hit it yet, get out there, try an Epic. Go to CallawayGolf.com to find a demo or a a fitting location near you. And Shaq, I want to talk a little bit about our good friends at FanDuel. And let me ask folks, have you tried the fantasy golf on FanDuel yet? It's easy. You pick your contest, you choose your team, you watch live and you win. There's cash prizes, something for everyone. Lots and lots of contests to choose from starting at just one buck. So go ahead and get your feet wet, spend a dollar, mess around a little, build a team. What we're going to tell you to do is hurry and make sure to submit your lineup before tee off on Thursday morning. There's more than golf on FanDuel, of course. You know FanDuel for the daily fantasy basketball, daily fantasy baseball, new contests every day. Play as often as you want and play in big tournaments or just play against your pals. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel, so try it today. Now, new users will get FanDuel's Combo 5-Pack, valued at up to 50 bucks. That's five free entries to a combination of 50-50 beginner contests. Just finish in the top half to win cash. That's what 50-50 means. To get your five free entries, go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and enter promo code HOUSE. That's FanDuel.com, promo code H-O-U-S-E, void where prohibited. All right, House, we've been trying to get him for a while now, but before we talk to Commissioner Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner, uh, we want to talk some sports. This is uh, the Shack House, brought to you by The Ringer, by Callaway, all of our great friends, but we are sports fans at heart, and I think you and I agree it's a very interesting time right now in that we have some new commissioners trying to breathe new life and trying to address issues in their sports, whether perceived or real or uh, maybe a little bit uh, uh, panic modish. But uh, it depends on your, your point of view on all these things with technology. And Jay is one of those commissioners that has uh, definitely been, I believe, put in this position to try and uh, adapt the PJ Tour to the to the future. Um, so now, House, do you know much about Jay's background? I, I don't. I'm psyched to talk to him and ask him some some uh, of, of the questions. I know a little bit that he's a New England guy, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah, big Red Sox fan, of course. Uh, family has season seats, but but let's just uh, so we don't have to embarrass him when we when we do get him on the phone uh, with his uh, resume. He was a, a academic all-american golfer at trinity college which is uh, d3 he's got a master's in sports management from umass he uh then i think what's interesting about jay house is that 
he has worked in many many jobs in golf and when i first met him uh he was he was in one of those jobs and and uh uh, it's it's amazing to see how quickly he has kind of moved up the ladder, but it's also cool that he has worked in all these jobs that are jobs that he can relate to as a commissioner. You know, I had some issues with the prior commissioner because I felt he didn't relate very well to tournament directors and um, media sponsors, a lot of different people. And uh, so Jay was a uh, uh, an account supervisor at Arnold Advertising, and he handled the Titleist and FootJoy uh, business. And then he moved over to EMC, and he was very involved with them. I don't know if you remember the old Skills Challenge. I do. He was a, yeah. yeah, so he was a director of sponsors and branding and all that stuff. And so he was involved when they had that, which, you know, again, so he's got a little, little background in knowing about a kind of an alternative format event. Uh, then he moved up to uh, the uh, Deutsche Bank Championship, and he was the executive director of that event, which I think is going to be a very interesting thing because in the rumored uh, rescheduling of the tour, you know, the Deutsche Bank, which is now the uh, la- temporarily the current like placeholder sponsor, essentially is EMC, and there's a lot of a lot of people who believe it's a goner that event, which is hard for me to grasp because it's a great event. Gills. Hans has done a beautiful job revamping the course and the Boston area fans have really embraced that event even though it's kind of out in a and not away from the city but anyway we, we won't belabor that one now we'll, we'll wait and see what happens but uh then he was with uh, Fenway Sports Group he was an executive vice president there you know about his background of co-founding uh, Golf Fights Cancer with fellow uh, Fenway executive Brian Oaks Oates excuse well, me and fellow, uh, fellow Holy Cross grad Brian Oates Ah, okay. And then, uh, well, you'll, you'll, I, I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit how you know all about Golf Fights Cancer because we, we talked about it last year on the show. Uh, and then the last few things, Jay was a tournament director at the Players' Championship. That's what got him to Ponte Vedra. And then he became a deputy commissioner in 2014, and then he was a chief operating officer for about a year uh, prior to, to replacing Tim Fincham in January. So that's his that's his background. Um. And then you're you you know I sent you a piece Sports Business Journal did and and he's really got a lot on his plate so the fact that we're getting him here today <laughs> is a is a minor miracle uh, he's got a he's very ambitious house he wants to attack the TV situation the schedule situation um, and but but those two are kind of working one uh, hand in hand really yeah so it's an interesting moment for all of the sports commissioners and I'm psyched that we have Jay at the very outset of his tenure um, with the tour because as you just mentioned you know you have all of these elements to um, where the, the the major sports are in the way of, of uh, in terms of how folks consume them and they are all they all have certain um, common challenges that they're they're con- confronting which is like scheduling and and market saturation the status of their media deals and you know how much of their content do they want to own and push out themselves the correct use of technology and how to make that that technology engaging to fans and and you know perhaps allow fans to have a more immersive experience um, with with their sports and then you know the entertainment uh, element of it and and those each of those various sort of factors um, as they apply to, to what Jay has in front of him, you know, it looks like g- golf could do kind of a pretty um, I- I- 
interesting fresh start in in many ways between you know the the schedule sort of re resetting the schedule and maybe getting but by way of rejiggering the players and the PGA a big event on the calendar starting in March and running all the way through August so you would have the very uh, you know at least one event a month beginning in March where the very best field the very best players are all playing against each other that would you know only require slight change in terms of moving I mean, slight change in scheduling, obviously humongous logistical challenges and so forth. But, you know, the players uh, back in March, the PGA in May, and then the Tour Championship in August, and maybe the Tour Championship wrapping up on Labor Day Monday. And that gives you like the feeling of an actual sort of conclusion to the golf season. That has a lot of logic to it to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens kind of in terms of the media deals and media structure. Golf does not have its own uh, network channel, but the PGA Tour Live thing has been a pretty interesting innovation. They're subscription-based over-the-top network where you can live stream um, tour events, and I've really enjoyed the partnership between the tour and Twitter. I am a guy you who do? is... Uh, well. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> do tell. I can. You can watch uh, Thursday morning and Friday morning live coverage of the events on Twitter. And I've been. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's I've been just, doing I live that on the West Coast, and so it's like at 4 a.m. Yeah, I, uh, well, for, for any it, event after the West Coast, it's way too early for I'm, us, so it's useless to us. I'm at work, anyway. and I'm opening it up. Uh, you okay. know, and it's it's a uh, it's on my browser. And I'm sitting and, and, you know, doing whatever I need to do first thing in the morning, Thursday and Friday. But it's nice just to just sort of get a feel for um, what the courses look like, what conditions are, and sort of see who's coming out of the gate, you know, hot. Yeah. And so, I you know, that, that part of it, that gives them a platform it feels like that they could build on. The technology piece, you know, ShotLink has been around for a, a while now, and it seems like in terms of um, enhancements to, to ShotLink, but also in, in increasing the amount of ProTracer on the actual TV broadcast and enhancing the way that we consume golf as viewers on TV. Yeah. There seems like there's a lot of opportunity there. You and I keep go- talking about this. It's noticeably missing in events, you know, occasionally, like the Masters did not have a ton of pro tracer in the TV broadcast. It, it, yeah. felt, it felt like by it the was way, missing. The more, I, the more I talk to people after they read some of the stuff I wrote after the tournament, the more <laughs> the more they say that is a likely a Chairman Payne thing, that he likes the beauty of the golf course and not and, and feels that he's providing you the other places to watch your technology. And he may have a point. He may have a point that the Masters is people tune in for this this beauty and all that. And um, either way, I discussed, though, that with uh, Jay Monahan a little bit at the Masters um, off the record. But he was watching it, and, you know, he is very much into technology and, and all that stuff. So I, I kind of feel like his wanting to you know he's thrown out in all these interviews house uh the idea of a pga tour network and i've always felt it's just strictly a leveraging ploy when he sits down with uh, golf channel and nbc and and the uh and cbs and if fox comes to the table and all that the more i the, the more though i see and 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 kind of where things are going i think it's also a, a technology play i do think he wants to force the hands of his partners to 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 think more uh, outside the box with this stuff and they are but i think it 
I think he wants to push it. And I think that's fantastic for us, the viewer, uh, in every way. Well, in, in, yeah, yeah, look, so. I, I'm not going to go on this rant because there's too many F-bombs, no, no. F-bombs yeah. involved, but there's no doubt that there's an opportunity for tremendous innovation in terms of how golf is, is delivered and presented to folks sort of during the week. Every okay, single time that I turn on the Golf Channel at 8.30 on a Tuesday night and see Tin Cup, that's, that's, a, that's a concession speech. That's a Well, but that's, that's a failure. That's a, so, you know, the kids call it epic fail. That used to be the old way of describing things. You can't put, turn on. The, the, it's the only place to consume golf for an adult like me. I can't wake up in the morning and watch two and a half hours of morning drive. But the idea that you can't repackage all of that content that you've generated um, in the morning and rerun it with whatever updates need to be um, added on to it, 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 it's just, it boggles my mind. It's 2017 and you're rerunning Tin Cup. Now, Tin Cup is a wonderful movie, but what in God's name is going on? (laughs) What is going Uh, on? Well, okay, now that's it. You've brought up a different topic, but as you were ranting, I I decided to go to. Well, I'm going to try to pull up the ratings for those those uh, uh, that the 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 airings last week because they were airings number whatever they were. They were they've they've shown it a lot, Um, but I think that you're you're getting at something that probably is a little different than his issues. I mean, for all I know, he the the tour players don't like that either. Um, but I think that the the main thing for him, he made a statement that every sports league has been uh, has grown and been enhanced by having their own network. I I don't agree with that statement, uh, but that's his feeling, and uh, if that that's uh, maybe we'll 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 hit him on that a little bit. But he clearly wants to to push things, and I think that's going to be what's fascinating to watch because it's about to happen house this is this is needs to happen soon um you know they're they're they can opt out of their network deals and i think they're shooting for 2019 to to have new network deals the golf channel deal will not change until 2022 2021 is the last year and that is an ironclad contract so but that there could be a you know they could renegotiate that a lot of this two house you have to understand stems from some really really great behind the scenes uh heavy hitter stuff going on so randall stevenson the ceo of at&t has been a longtime policy board member and uh i believe has been very adamant about this that they get their own channel uh it just so happens that 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 uh he happens to be pointing this out because his rival at comcast brian roberts owns the golf channel the pga tour had a chance to have ownership of the golf channel and passed so i think there's a little bit of anger that they didn't take advantage of that and they now would like part of that ownership so there's some there's just your basic money stuff going on there too but But it's also it's content it's content it's content and distribution it's your brand let me ask you this let me ask you this though as a sports fan don't you think that Major League Baseball has done a brilliant job when they do their own content? They still put out the stuff that's not so perfect. They, uh, the NFL, has done this. They've put out on social when a, that kicker was urinating uh, behind the bench. You know, uh, there is something to be said for having a, uh, a, a, a an independent party covering your sport. I worry that if the PGA Tour network happens. 
And that's your only place to watch the tour. If you go by their website and go by the things they've produced, it is going to be all cheerleading all the time. And I think there's a danger in that. I, I think people want, you know, if there's a controversy or a rules issue or a, or a player uh, 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 does something that needs to be covered, he throws a club, uh, you know, the PGA Tour Network's not going to show that. Uh, the Golf Channel will. And that's that worries me, that they would become controlling too much of what we see because i think that would scare fans off well that's the balance that they have to find right the authenticity is crucially important to fans consumption and enjoyment and i I, let me you know i'll i'll be fair here i'll be generous it's not exactly like golf channel is exactly pushing the uh the envelope in terms of its uh controversial content i mean brandel is is, brandel chambly is is the the real you know Talking bad about Tiger is the thing that oh. that, that, that yeah. They, I mean, there isn't, and I, I I mean I'll defend him because I work for him, but there isn't that much to to really chime in on. But they they do at times um, do it. But so that what it needs to be done. But that's the point. Like the, I'm not that worried about the PGA Tour, you know, whitewashing something uh, uh, that, that that's controversial and not giving it kind of full and fair treatment. I think that they would have given. You know, well, if the network exists, okay. full bal- full balanced review of the Lexi Thompson situation, for instance. I guess, yeah, well, there's that. Um, I guess I would disagree in that one of the things I see behind the scenes, uh, and I and I get it. I mean, I have a couple of players who've blocked me. Uh, I know of uh, I know of a media person who probably lost his job because one player was very unhappy with him. And, you know, the players have a lot of influence and do an unbelievable amount of whining about the most. I mean, they they despise Brandel, I think the guys uh, it really bothers them when they, they didn't like Johnny Miller. I mean, people players have always hated Johnny Miller for being honest. I think that. It will be interesting if they do their own coverage, how much leeway the announcers have and the commentators have to to point out. When, uh, I mean, I mean, House, I got crap for for questioning Jordan Spieth playing and the John Deere instead of playing, getting over to St. Andrews earlier. I mean, really got a lot of grief. Like, really? That's just a basic strategic argument we're having about. Uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not declaring him some some evil person. It's just a question. And so. Uh, that worries me from a from a fan's point of view. If if we just we just water the whole thing down. Well, if that's uh, if that's the case, then people moments of, people won't watch it. I mean, you know, we're we're, we're, at, yeah. we're we we have lots and lots of options. And if we we if they fail to deliver on the authenticity and they don't genuinely cover um, elements of it that might make them uncomfortable, then then folks will go other uh, elsewhere. That's that's kind of the the media okay. you know moment that we're in. If we if we All don't right. think that somebody's selling it to us straight, we're going to go move on. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to Jay, though, here's what I want to ask you. Um, you 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 see some of the things he's throwing out there. You know some of the things Rob Manfred wants to do in baseball. Adam Silver has thrown out a few ideas. The NFL's not showing quite as much uh, sense of urgency as maybe the other sports are. Do you think that the way these commissioners are – uh, throwing out different ideas and, and, and pondering changing the way their game is played or the way their game is shown. Do you think they are right to be doing this? Do you think they're overreacting? Is it somewhere in between? Um, I mean, I think in the case of the, obviously in the golf, I, I could, I think it's, it's 
the right thing for Jay Monahan to be doing, and I and I love a lot of the things Rob Manfred's wanting to do. But is is your sense? Because I worry if there's any sense of desperation that the again the fan will kind of notice that and and maybe think less of the sport. So my take is uh, we're in a kind of disruptive moment in terms of the way that the leagues um, are are delivered to consumers, to their to the fans of of their sports, and the way that that folks are able to um, get information about the 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 games and the players. And I, I think you know all the leagues are struggling with trying to find the right answer to the um, fact that. You can consume their league by way of watching it on television. You can consume their league by way of watching streaming on your phone. You can cons- you can consume their league by way of reading stories on the internet from a whole variety of sources, both you know traditional sports media and and very non traditional sports media. And I think all of the commissioners are trying to find the right balance in terms of who they partner with. I mean, it's not uh, a, a you know a coincidence that all of the leagues. Um, partnered up with the the daily fantasy folks at the outset. I know that that football and basketball had investments in um, in uh, DraftKings in the in the early stages of those um, of that uh, brand, and the same I think the same is true of FanDuel as well. They're all looking for you know how 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 can we stay on top of innovation in terms of how folks are enjoying our, our product. Um, and, and we're in this moment where it's impossible, you know, we might have a good feel for this five or 10 years from now, but right now it's, it's, you know, you can consume these things through, through a half dozen different ways. And, and, you know, the, the commissioners are, have the real challenge of, of, you know, putting the best foot forward. Well, and I, we won't belabor it with Jay because we have a lot we want to get to with him. But but he has shown that he has an open mind on the um, on on the things you just mentioned related to uh, the G word, the the gambling word, and uh, he's not closed minded like his predecessor was about it. He realizes that those are things that have grown the NFL and. Um, and and by the way, match play is quite betting friendly. Uh, house just uh, another reason we may see more match play, but I don't know. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it's all this is kind of coming together in a way. I think that's uh, I'm impressed that they're he's giving us the time because he's got so much on his plate and uh, trying to juggle all of these things. Plus, I think to to he has to kind of establish new relationships with all these tournaments and sponsors. Even though he's been doing that the last couple of years, it's different now when you're the commissioner. Yeah. And um, so, uh, anyhow, anything uh, anything else you want to cover before we get to uh, get to our chat with him? No, I'm psyched to to, to get to Great. Jay. Let's get to Jay. All right, let's talk to Jay Monahan, commissioner of the PGA Tour. Before we get to Jay, let me give a quick shout out to our good pals at Helix. You, Shack House listener, are unique. You don't walk like everyone, talk like everyone, or most importantly, sleep like everyone. So why is your mattress one size fits all? A truly customized mattress in the past will cost you five, six, seven, possibly ten thousand dollars. Until now, go to helixsleep.com. Answer a few simple questions. 
and Helix will run a 3D biomechanical model of your body. I don't know if I want a 3D biomechanical model of my body, but they'll run it through their proprietary algorithms developed with the help of the world's leading ergonomics and biomechanics experts. And the result of that is the most comfortable mattress you've ever slept on. Go to helixsleep.com, answer a few questions based on a few key preferences. Only four, they run it through the algorithms you get a, a custom sleep profile out of it, and what you really get is the most comfortable mattress you've ever slept on. Helix customers report 30% improvement in overall sleep quality. For couples, Helix will customize each side of the mattress. It arrives at your door in about a week. That's all it takes. Shipping's completely free. And that's why everyone from GQ Magazine to Forbes to all talking about Helix Sleep. You have 100 nights to try it out, and if you don't love it, they pick it up for free and give you a full refund, no questions asked. Go to helixsleep.com slash house and get $50 off your order. That's helixsleep.com slash house. $50 off your order. helixsleep.com slash house. Do it now. All right, joining us now in the Shack House is Commissioner Jay Monahan. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm great, Jeff and Joe, and thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a real pleasure for me to to uh, to be on on with you guys today. Well, we have a lot to to cover with you, but uh, we we have to ask you while we have you here uh, your your reaction to the USGA RNA uh, new decision that's uh, attempting to sort of uh, maybe downplay the role of a video replay in in the in the professional game and and in the amateur game. Well, I think it's I think it's a great development and. Uh, you know, coming out of coming out of the A and A, and really specifically during the week of the Masters tournament, uh, we were all together and had an opportunity to 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 talk. And uh, the USGA, the RNA, and and uh, and the various tours. And I commend both of those organizations for you know kind of really leading with their ears and more. Uh, more specifically, responding and doing so in, I think, a nimble fashion. And I think it's a positive development for the game, and it's certainly something that we fully support and have been supporting those organizations, working very closely on the rules and rules modernization process for a long period of time. So um, we're, we're, we're very pleased. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, you know, the one quick take on, on you see on social media, is, uh, or at least my reaction as well, is that I do worry for the player in this, uh, that, that, that as much as uh, we like putting the trust in their hands, I do worry that they will be put under pressure to, to uh, if, if they're seen possibly uh, uh, having gotten themselves into a little infraction situation, will will they be teamed up on and uh is that something a scenario you guys have kind of kicked around or thought through yet yeah i i mean i think it's been something that uh that everybody uh, has talked about and you know there is as you know a fair amount of complexity within the rules and some of that uh some of that goes to the rules themselves and some of that involves what happens inside the field of play and uh, I just think it's something that we'll have to, you know, we'll continue to monitor. But we, we're supportive of going down the path that the USGA and RNA uh, are now going down. All right. So we, before uh, you got here, we took everybody through all the jobs you've had in golf. And I think the one that, that 
stands out to House and I is that you are a, uh, a tournament director, and you're the first tour commissioner to, who's actually worked in that role of, of being the, the person trying to run the week-to-week event. Uh, I, I'm curious, is that the job that you've had, of, of the jobs you've had in sports, that is the, 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 the best job for you in terms of informing your work as commissioner, or does it put a little different pressure on you because the tournament directors know you've, you've been in their shoes? Well, I think, uh, I, I think that... Um you know, the, all the jobs that, that, that you have in your career are interrelated, but given the position that I'm in now, I look back to the combination of working for a sponsor, uh, an EMC corporation that sponsored a number of PGA Tour and PGA Tour Champions events to my time running the Deutsche Bank and my time running uh, the players. I think it gives you a, a complete picture and perspective on your product, because at the end of the day, what happens uh, on the ground Monday through Sunday at, at our tournaments, that's our product. And having an appreciation for the challenges that a tournament director faces, and those challenges are significant, whether it's trying to secure 2,000 volunteers, really trying to activate and engage a community, understanding how important what you do is for the charities that benefit from your work, understanding what a player's perspective would be in terms of how they look at uh, their their week and how they look at your venue. There's just there's a long list that I think I think it certainly is helpful as it relates to uh, my work, you know, week in and week out with our tournaments through our tournament business affairs group, but it's that's your product and I just love all the underlying details uh, and the neat stories that happen kind of day in and day out at our at our tournaments because it's uh, it just I think it's very inspiring. So now the the, the players championship is still sort of uh, uh, your baby and you you you've also run that event and then you you've been very involved in I think trying to reshape it a little bit it seems like is that is that a fair assessment as we kind of enter this year's with some some enhancements uh, to the golf course and perhaps other other elements as well. I, I just I think as an organization we've got the, the 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 philosophy as it relates to players has been to really always try and identify the ways to you know consistently grow and, and improve. And this year, uh, you know, this year is the first time that fans at the tournament and those watching on television will see some significant changes uh, to the venue and changes on the exterior but more specifically on the interior we've resurfaced all of our greens gone to Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass uh, something that we think will give us the best possible putting surface for the week of, of the tournament we redesigned hole number 12 to really create a new risk-reward drivable par 4 that we think will create some, some excitement early on the back nine uh, and and just really create some drama for the Players' Championship itself as you go into Sunday. And then in number six, uh, a hole that uh, Pete Dye has, has, has referred to as the most beautiful hole in the golf course, that and number seven we've uh, essentially opened up 
and you'll see it just creates a, a great vista and setting for for those two holes and we've completely reimagined our our whole practice grounds uh and uh, and practice facility so we think that's going to be all those are positive for the players as they as they look at the tournament uh that will create some some intrigue but you know our work is not done we're going to continue to as we go forward find the ways to make this the best championship it can possibly be but i think i think this year will mark another significant step forward well, Mr. Commissioner, I was lucky enough to be down in Ponte Vedra in March and managed to get around in down at Sawgrass. And I can tell you um, the experience is on 6 and 7 and, and 12. Um, I liked very much the way the greens rolled. My problem on the golf course was not my performance on the greens. It was getting the ball onto the greens was a little bit more of a challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we had we had a good well, wind, and I tried to drive twelve, but you know I might have come up just oh a little dear. short. Oh. <laughs> the wind well, was in our I face that day. Jeff on several occasions, he won't accept my invite, and uh, oh, I expect to uh, uh, be cruel. testing testing. <laughs> well, I, ne- next time I'm down there, I'll give you a shout. Maybe I could get a little uh, strategy uh, guidance for for six and seven, right. especially. I- I just think it's going to be it's going to be really you know the the Monday Tuesday Wednesday of tournament week it's going to be great to hear uh, players' perspective on on the changes and you know we're really excited to welcome them here and and uh, and obviously showcase the work that's been done by a group of people that are extraordinary here at the PGA Tour. Well, speaking of extraordinary people. We have a connection with you um, that kind of preceded uh, all of us coming together here. Last year, uh, the Shack House podcast collaborated with a charity that you uh, co-founded, the, the Golf Fights Cancer Charity. Um, I'm, I connected with a, a mutual pal and fellow Holy Cross grad, Brian Oates, and we were able to do some, some good work together. Could you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the charity and the backstory there? Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for supporting Golf Fights Cancer. It's, uh, it's been a labor of love for, for Brian, myself, and for so many other people that have have helped make it a you know a, a really impactful organization. But the backstory goes back to 2004. Uh, Brian and I are very close friends, and we lost uh, good friends of ours, Ed and Diane Lynch, lost their baby boy Jack Lynch at five years old to neuroblastoma. And in and around that time, uh, we had lost a mentor in Rob Stevens, who was a sports marketing executive and was was good to both of us and we left one of the services and said we need to do something for for both of uh these great people and families and the long story short brian was at at bc getting his uh, mba and he was trying to figure out he needed to write a business plan and after a lot of conversations he said why don't we write a business plan for a charity uh, and a charity that uh, could help us address what we're trying to do and so he took uh, the lion's share of the work. We collaborated on it, and uh, out of it came Golf Fights Cancer. And, and in short form, golfers are inherently generous. You, you know that. You see it day in and, and day out. It's prolific in terms of what the game is prolific in terms of what it, it raises for charity and the impact it has. And we just wanted to find some non-traditional ways to raise money. We started... Five of us ran the Boston Marathon uh, that following year. 
uh, we referred to ourselves as the Fat Bastard Running Club. We were we we didn't think that uh, we did. <laughs> we thought that the the unlikelihood of us running would actually help us raise significant dollars, and, and we raised fifty thousand dollars that first year. And we last week uh, there were I think sixteen runners who raised over four hundred thousand uh, dollars in the Boston Marathon. Uh, we now do golf marathons. We've got uh, a good guy invitational. We held that here on Friday in Jacksonville, and uh, hopefully raised over a hundred thousand dollars. So it's um, it, it's a it's a community of people that um, either have been affected by cancer or are inspired to fight cancer. And uh, a little time later, we've we've generated over six million dollars um, for cancer-related charities and for cancer-related research. Well, I'm not ready to uh, announce it quite yet, but we have been talking with with Brian and with our good friends at Callaway, and we have a pretty great idea for something later this year. And I, I promise you'll get an invitation when we get the thing all together and off the ground. We're really I'm looking excited. forward to it. I'm excited to hear what it is. And again, thank you guys. Uh, Jay, on the on the charity front, uh, we, you just had the Valero Texas Open, which has become a huge, huge uh, success story, both on that front and then it it just seems to be a tournament that uh, the players like a, a lot. Um, May has just become a, a very strong month for the tour, and I obviously the players moving there several years ago has helped, but. This week uh, at the Zurich, House and I already discussed on the show here. We've we we are we've been very excited about this all year, uh, but you and Andy Pazder worked very hard uh, with Zurich to uh, get us a situation where we have a new, fresh format and player excitement about a stop that that at a time of year it can be um, well, you know, it can get a little flat. And um, so House and I are dying to know. We, everybody agrees this is already a success, no matter what happens on the golf course this week. But is this something you're you're looking at now and taking and saying, all right, what other what other kind of things can we do, non-stroke play formats uh, that are that are possibly on the on the horizon for uh, for tour fans to to enjoy? Yeah, I think we we're always. I mean, I think we're always looking at how how we're performing, how our tournaments are performing, how our formats are, are performing. And I think, as you said, this is we're very excited about uh, the team play format at the Zurich Classic. And, um, you know, we'll continue to look at ways to uh, – we'll, we'll be open to formats that we think are going to be interesting and compelling to our fans and, and drive growth through our tournaments. So – uh, I wouldn't suggest that this that our work is done. I, I think that we'll continue to think about what that next change might be. I don't want to set a time frame on it, but I think you you know that you know we're looking at tournament of champions now. We've got a strategic partnership with the LPGA. Uh, we'd like to get the the men and women inside the same field of play uh, at that tournament if we can make that happen through sponsorship. Um, but I think you know, you look at. I just love. You know, I love foursome play, love four ball play. Uh, it's a big part of team uh, of team golf, and I think it where this event falls, I think lends itself very well for the team events at the back end of the year, particularly as teams are forming. Um, and you know, there's no question that uh, team golf creates a lot of enthusiasm through our players and certainly through our fans. I think one of the most interesting things over the last last several months has just been watching some of the dynamic of players 
lobbying to be you know, to, to to partner up or just how that all came together was actually uh, really interesting and and obviously a sign that the players have responded well to it. And if I could, I just would like to. You mentioned oh, yeah. the Valero Texas Open. I, I was there on Sunday, and yeah. uh, it was great to see you know Kevin Chapel win after 180 starts, and I think 20 top tens, and and his emotion and enthusiasm there was was spectacular. And yeah. the fans loved it. And uh, you mentioned how you mentioned what they do, what Valero does for charity their benefit for children that night, which immediately follows uh, the trophy ceremony. Uh, we went over to the JW Marriott, and they've got over 2,500 um, partners and supporters that are in town and, and the, you know, are, are raising $11 million, which they announced on Sunday for charity through the tournament. So it's pretty remarkable what uh, what they've been able to, to accomplish and what we've been able to accomplish with Valero through, through that event. And um, you know, I think the players have a great appreciation for for what they bring to the PGA Tour. We're going to continue to be very supportive of, of Valero in that tournament and continue to, to grow and improve. Oh, here I thought you were going to reveal the new schedule and break some news, but that's okay. We, that's that's uh, we, we love the shout out to Valero because it is great to see a tournament. And I don't think people really realize, as you know, Jay. Sometimes uh, the, the amount of money a tournament like that is raising. So it's 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 always good to. To remind people, House, what do you want to ask the commissioner next? Well, one of the recurring things that we talk about uh, virtually every podcast, Jay, is the way that golf is presented on TV slash digital slash online. And we had a very good uh, and long conversation, Shaq and I did, uh, around the Masters because there was such a discrepancy between the way the tournament was presented on broadcast TV as opposed to what you could get um, by way of the online content. Um, and I mentioned to Shaq earlier on this uh, on today's show how much I've enjoyed the innovation of live streaming on Twitter, uh, being able to watch some tournaments on Thursday and Friday live on Twitter. Shaq made fun of me for that. But, uh, <laughs> what what um, in terms of a, a, a innovation that you kind of you should have be making fun of mind. you should be making fun of him. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the way that the game is presented on TV and digital and online, um, what kind of uh, innovation are you guys working on? Well, I think I think you, you know, you've seen with PGA Tour Live, uh, obviously with video streaming on Twitter, you're starting to see us expand access, if you will, to. Uh, our competitions and really to open up the early part of the day on Thursday and Friday to drive interest into really what's happening in the afternoon, but to give our fans access to players that they want to see when they typically haven't been able to see them. And then, you know, we're, we're the, the, the announcement of, uh, of the Twitter deal, you know, we're, we're looking hard at virtual reality. You're going to see uh, some innovation here at the Players' Championship in a few weeks. Uh, we're looking at augmented reality um, and how that could potentially enhance the on-site experience or the in- experience for anyone, for that matter. Um, and working very closely with uh, our partners at, uh, at Golf Channel, NBC, and CBS. And I think the one thing that we're really trying to bring forward is how do you take uh, the significant amount of data 
that this sport creates every single minute on every single day and how can you make that more relevant for the fan whether it's in the broadcast or it's in a second screen experience um, but you know this game is, is is fascinating particularly for those that are avid about about that data and, and finding ways to present that that are unique and and really evolve and in, in, in that area is something that I think you'll see us make progress on as, as we go forward and then there's just you know we're really trying to it's not a matter of what we think uh, what we want to do it's really a matter of understanding what the fan wants and so we have set up, uh, we've established a fan council of 5,000 avid fans here in the U.S., and we're testing concepts and we're talking to them and getting feedback. And having that kind of inform the way that we present ourselves has become a real priority for us here. So you're a fan. Uh, you have a day off. Uh, maybe it's just a Sunday in your home. You're not at a tournament. You were there earlier in the week. You're going to sit down and watch... A broadcast. How how do you how do you go about it as a fan? Do you have Twitter open? Do you before the telecast comes on? Do you surf some websites? How how do you consume media and how do you how do you then watch the uh, your product? Well, I, I I you know I, I basically do exactly what you said. So it, it's I will for me particularly on you know Thursday Friday I'm here and I've got. Uh, the golf channel on all day long and and so I'm following you know our 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 tour that way and I'm certainly following our tour on pjtour.com and then I've got a Twitter feed a rolling Twitter feed here in my office so I see you know what people are saying and and I look at that several times over the course of a day but you know on Saturday and Sunday I'll typically yeah I'll have I'll have the broadcast up on my living room and I'll be following uh, on pjtour.com, I'll usually pick two or three players that I'm following, and I'll be following them via shot tracker to see what they're doing. And then I tend to move around the leaderboard a fair amount and um, try and see, try and identify some interesting stories. Maybe a couple guys that you know need the top ten to get into the following week. Try and try and find a couple guys that you know, perhaps haven't played well that are that are trending nicely, and it would be good for them to have a great week or depending on where it is in the season, the impact of that performance relative to other events that they're trying to get into. I, I tend to kind of create my own storyline with the second screen and follow hmm. it that way. Um, hmm. But that's generally uh, what I do. And then I I tend to talk to a fair number of my colleagues over the course of the day about what we're seeing and um, in terms of what's happening on the field of play. Not that exciting, but that's what I do. Well, and no, I, it's, I, I don't it's, think it's... it's, it's it's good to know. It informs kind of, I, I would assume, it's uh, you're trying to put yourself, I mean, you're a, we, we've laid out you're a sports guy, you love sports, and we're trying to, uh, I think that's one thing that bothers a lot of us as fans is that we wonder sometimes if the people in charge do what we do, which is just, just either buy a ticket and, and go to the event or sit down and, and consume it the way we do. Um, and so I think that's great to hear that you're, you, you, you go about it the way that most of us would. I, if my I've got two girls who are fourteen and eleven, um, and uh, you know if the family's around, I, I try and pull them in to get 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 their feedback to what you know to what's happening as well, and just see how they respond to what, what really without much provoking. I always find that to be more informative than anything I come up with. 
How about your daughters? Are they are they fans of the game? Do they like to play the game? My uh, my my fourteen year old does not play regularly. Uh, my 11-year-old uh, is taking lessons with three of her friends and has been doing so for a couple of years, and she does that uh, at least once a week. And um, I feel like, and so uh, the nice thing is with the 11-year-old playing, when we go out and we play together, now it's pulling the 14-year-old in. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's, uh, I grew up with two brothers, and I grew up in a golfing family, and I know how much it's how fortunate I was to be involved in the game in such a meaningful way starting at a young age. So I'm trying to do everything I can to balance my strong interest in having my daughters play the game with um, my my duty as a parent to make sure that they they are making the choices that they want to make. But uh, it's I think that we're I think that I'm really excited about some of the things that. Um, you know some of the programs that are out there. Obviously, uh, I think the first tee, 20 plus years since since its formation, is an is a great foundation for us to um, convert uh, this this character education program to lifetime golfers. And I think that that's something that we need to continue to focus on as we go forward. I think programs like Youth on Course uh, in Northern California where you're getting young people access to golf courses where um, there is availability and that they have uh, some accountability or skin in the game, but it's largely subsidized. I think those are very smart, intelligent programs. I think understanding where there is availability to play and being able to solve that in a day and age where, where everything is transparency makes things move a lot faster. I think that creates a real opportunity for younger people and for us as administrators to help get more young people out in the golf course. But, you know, I look at, I, I look at, you know, the relationship that we have, relationships that we have with the PGA of America, the USGA, RNA, Augusta National, LPGA, the work that we're doing together to, to really come together and try and, you know, as one grow this game. I'm very inspired by where we are, and but more, more, more specifically about where we can go and making an impact. All right, Jay. Last thing. Uh, two and, sorry, sorry. Last thing. Uh, do you have a, a a bucket list course that you haven't been to that you you, you are really uh, eager to get to and see and study? And uh, and if so, who would your who would your foursome be that you'd like to your, to, to tag along as sort of that that dream foursome? Hmm. Well, I was in Europe last week, and I was fortunate to be at dinner with Adam Scott. And I left that dinner so inspired by uh, Sandbelt Golf Courses and Australia, and in particular, Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath, uh, where we had last year's World Cup, and we're going to have uh, and Royal Melbourne, we're going to have the 2019 Presidents Cup. So, and I've never been to Australia. Ah. Uh, my middle brother has. He talks about it often. So, I'd have to say that uh, that's where I need to go, <laughs> and yeah. that's that's one cool. that I absolutely would like to make happen. Um, and uh, and I, you know, if if I were to do it, um, I, I'd have to break the rules. 
um, but I'd, 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 I'd make certain that it was acceptable beforehand, but it would be a fivesome, and it would uh, wow. be my dad, my two brothers, and uh, and it would be my mom. And, oh, that, nice. and that's, that's, that's wow, the way it would always be. Okay. Unfortunately, my mom passed away, but I, I, she, she'd be there with us in spirit. Did she get you into golf? You know, no, my dad it was my dad uh, was he I, he gets the credit. My mom took us to all the tournaments, so mm. Dad mm-hmm. got us in. She did all she did most of the hard work, and then she was a tennis player until I got to high school, and then became a very good golfer. She converted to golf and played. Uh, she uh, she passed away ten years ago, May nineteenth. So she she, she uh, but she was a eleven or twelve handicap. Um, nice. a good player. Well, Jay, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, don't forget Victoria when you do that sand belt trip. By the way, it doesn't get mentioned as much, uh, but it's just as cool as Kingston Heath and Royal Melbourne. A little shorter, but I'm still down. outstanding. So yeah, make sure that's on the list. It's right there in the same neighborhood, the, one of the great neighborhoods of golf, and uh, uh, hopefully that uh, you'll you'll be able to do that prior to the Presidents Cup. How's you have anything else for the commissioner? I just want to thank him for the time today. It was really great uh, hearing his thoughts and wish him the best of luck for getting uh, getting going with this commissionership. It's only been six months, but it's already felt like kind of six years, at least to us on the outside. I can only imagine how it feels to you, Jay. Well, I appreciate that, and it's uh, I, I'm like everybody that works in 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 this business and in this great game. I feel so fortunate to have the opportunity that I have and that we all have, and it's. Nice to share that opportunity together. All right, Jay. Well, thank you very much. We'll let you get back to work. Thank you. See you soon. All right. Well, it was a great show. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. We've got uh, we've got the Zurich coming up. We've got the players, as you uh, you heard Jay Monahan discuss. It's going to be uh, an exciting couple of weeks here in a time of year when it usually isn't uh, isn't so exciting. So uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. House, anything else you got? Oh, just this. Can't wait to get back and talk about the players on the Shekos! Huge thanks to PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. That was an excellent conversation and love hearing from him. Let's close the show with a word from our good friends at Callaway Golf, the fastest growing golf brand since 2013, and the makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. The key to Chrome Soft's incredible performance is its dual soft, fast core. It makes Chrome Soft long, incredibly soft, and easy to control. Golfers everywhere have been changing their ball to play it. And now through June, Callaway will customize your Chrome Soft for free. Go to CallawayGolf.com to personalize your golf ball today. Chrome Soft is the ball that changed the ball. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.